All right, recording in three, two, one. Welcome back to another episode of the Medheads Podcast. Woo, woo. <laughs> woo. Uh, I know, I know, you guys missed us. We got a little one week break, a little mid season hiatus, hiatus, yeah. or whatever. Call it's us called. the Walking Dead, but um, we got some big news for you guys. We got a new fan name. It's the Medsters for y'all. <laughs> the wrong one. You pressed the wrong one. I think you meant to do this. No, one. that's not that one. No. Nope. There you go. <laughs> oh my uh, god. <laughs> There we go. All right. Thanks. It's C. We know now. Medsters. So y'all are the Medsters? Yeah. Good job. Good job. We were either thinking that or meth heads, but, yeah. you know, for uh, Legal profanity reasons, reasons uh, we want to keep this PG-13, you know? Yeah. So uh, what's up, Medsters? Um, but <laughs> <laughs> for today's episode, we're going to be talking, you know, a little continuation about last week. Last week, we talked about our experiences, talking about volunteering, EMT, mm-hmm. and we're going to be moving on to research. And Come on, lead the way, Rafi. The main guy with research is our boy Rafi. That's He's killing me. it out there. So, Rafi, may we ask, how did you get research, and how does it feel to be in the UCI? Yeah, well, what's the process program? like? What's the process? How did well, it start? First things first. Thank you for that amazing introduction. I feel like I'm a UFC fighter. <laughs> All I need is like standing uh, six four, <laughs> University corner. of Irvine, <laughs> Rafael Lorcan. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah. So basically. To be honest with you, I'm not gonna lie to anybody. Getting research is more about just going out there and sending, you know, putting yourself out there to as many uh, potential places as possible, versus you know just like picking one and you know putting going for it. Because chances are, I mean, especially in the pandemic, there's a very limited amount of spots from the beginning because a lot of labs are closed or limited in capacity and stuff. But um, think about it, all these professors and stuff that get research opportunities and offers all the time. So you have to make yourself stand out, but realistically you have to email or get, put yourself out to as many professors as possible to it, get an option. It's exactly like DMing a girl. If you DM one, <laughs> you're, you may not get a response, but if you DM a hundred, you, you may get that one response you're looking yeah, for. It's, it's, it's all statistics. about the numbers. Yeah, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? Yeah. Wayne Gretzky. Michael Scott. Michael, Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan. <laughs> All right, but yeah, so what I did was, so what UCI has is this research dashboard where it basically has all of the professors and UCI alumni that are participating actively in research currently and the ones that are looking for uh, you know, students or maybe they're not looking for it, but regardless, it's all there. And what they're doing exactly, their job, like what their research is about, the website's linking to their specific, you know, uh, whatever it is, their pages. And what I did was I went on there and I just scrolled through the entire list and whatever sounded interesting to me, I took their email and I wrote like a very standard, basic, short and sweet email and emailed like 30 professors because that's what you have to do. And realistically, like most of them are not going to respond. Three or four of them will say no, just straight up, just because, you know, we're not looking for a student right now or we have too many or because of the pandemic, we're not working. But you only need one person to say yes. Now, obviously, I advise you, you know, obviously, yeah, quantity matters, but also quality matters. You want to find like a research, uh, like a prospective team that that would fit who you are as well and what you want to do. Don't just like randomly email like a hundred professors. But at the same that time, like, too. yeah, you could do that. You could do that, but you, you know, you might not necessarily like where you end up. But regardless, doing research 
overall is better than not doing it at all in my opinion i think it's a great experience but i'll, I'll, I'll literally show you guys what my email is and there's one very key thing that most people fail to do is they either make it way too long way too kiss sassy or they don't ask the right thing so my, my email was literally this so i just i would subject it uci uci biosci student looking for advice because i really was i was just looking for advice so like, hello, doctor, blah, 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 you know, blank. Like, my name is Rafael Gavorkin, and I'm a pre-med undergraduate junior biosciences student at UC Irvine. And I want to start off by wishing you and your family a happy and safe Thanksgiving, because this is around fall time where I was doing this. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. So, yeah. So I just wrote like a little bit about myself, like maybe like one sentence. And um, I mentioned one sentence that I volunteered. And then I just wrote, like, I quickly realized that my passion is in medicine and have pursued that ever since. While touching on the subject of blah, blah, blah in my genetics course, I developed a strong curiosity and wanted to understand this disease better. And that is where I came across your work on uh, robot-assisted subthalamic-led implantations. In this was for the, this uh, Parkinson's doctor I sent to. And uh, I'm sure you get tons of emails, people asking for research, but seeing my two favorite fields, medicine and robotics, merging your research, I wanted to ask for your advice on what a student like me can do in order to reach a level where I have the opportunity to participate in research such as yours. Any advice or guidance would be greatly appreciated. And then very respectfully, Rafael Gavorkin. And this guy actually ended up emailing me back with saying, sorry, we're full, but he gave me very, very good pointers, like very good advice on how to get, um, you know, like other research opportunities. This and stuff is like top that. level stuff right yeah, here, guys. And Take look, notes. Worst case, <laughs> the, the worst case is, all right, you spent like, two hours and you got no responses the next best case is you got a response but you don't get it but you get advice invaluable advice you know and you know f directly from people in the industry and that's that's very very that's priceless it really is yeah. you know and there's always um i know every school has like their own underground undergrad research portal so look through there and then just like go through your staff list of your like department and see if because it'll say like on the website if they're doing research or not and just like email them and send them the same template exactly and so what ended up happening was like in the best case scenario they say yeah sure you know and then they uh, you know you inquire with them and they contact you but yeah so that actually ended up um providing like the stepping stone that i needed where i ended up finding where the research that i currently do with um this great doctor named dr allering thomas allering i believe and he's a prostate uh surgeon that's doing research on prostate cancer and what he worked he's a he's a basically it's called rarp surgeon a robotic or a radical prostatectomy but anyway so i sent a very similar email to him and i sent it directly to him and i think it was actually like one of the the latest emails I sent. So obviously I adjusted a little bit. I made it a little bit shorter, just a little bit, you know, more geared and personalized because I really connected with, I guess, what his mission it was, his goal. It just was seemed it was kind of personal to me as well, and I really would like uh, so wanted that opportunity. But anyways, I ended up emailing him. Obviously expecting, you know, no responses because that's what you have to go in expecting. You know, I was like, you know, what, best case, like I get some good advice again, and you know, I try again. And he ended up uh, actually reading it and saying thank you for the email. He forwarded to his research coordinator. Uh, and uh, her name's Erica, by the way. Shout out, Erica. <laughs> and um, they actually ended up getting back to me. They asked for, um, you know, just the, what's it called, a resume and a cover letter, I believe. And 
did that, went in the interview, talked to them. It was freaking awesome. And then because now I was a part of the team, just like that. So I guess the main thing, advice I could give for getting research is first things first, sit down and plan out, get like plan out like five, like, look, I'm going to spend five hours and I'm going to just do research on the places I want to go research. You get what I mean? So sit down for like five hours, like one hour, sit down and just like go through the list. Just email a teacher, two, yeah. three, four teachers a day. That's yeah, you yeah. Do. Actually, the way it started was I, I started emailing the TA for my genetics course because the very first teacher I emailed was my genetics professor because I, I was first very interested in that. And there wasn't any space, but again, I got some good advice and she actually ended up forwarding it to the TA for the class. And I had uh, a great, great like back and forth like emails with him and we set up like a Zoom meeting once. He was a cool guy. His name was Clark. I forgot his last name though. Thanks, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, yeah, and he gave me a lot of great pointers and that's actually how I got this advice and that's, I followed his advice and I went through with it and that's how I got my research. So yeah, I would sit down like an hour, just look through some research places, see what they do, see what seems interesting. Then write your email, make like a little email, like a very short and sweet email, just in like two sentences saying, hi, who are you? Hope you are well, you know, like who you are as in like the person writing the email. And then uh, what you want to do, like another sentence, why you're interested in their work, and then be like, hey, like, if, you know, I, un I understand you probably get thousands of emails like this, like, any any advice or guidance would be appreciated. And, like, genuinely, though, like, you know, because genuinely, that is great. If you can get any advice or guidance, that's awesome. And so make a nice, sweet, simple, genuine email and just email a bunch of professors that you think that your, you know, your goals would line up with theirs, or you could be a real asset for their team, and they'll, you know, also, you know, obviously whatever you put in, you'll get back as well, and that's yeah, and, they're, and they're gonna help you out, like people they all like are. students who reach out and like ask for help, and that's what they're there absolutely to do. They're there to help you, but for your now that you got it, like what are your daily responsibilities? What's yeah. the commitment that you have to do for it? Yeah, so. I'll tell you exactly what the benefits and everything are afterwards, but yeah, for exactly what I do. So yeah, so like I said, the lab is basically geared towards, so it's a clinical, it's clinical research. So it's associated with UCI's, UCI Health, I think, which is associated with like the med school, I believe, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, it's UCI Health though. So, um, and the research is basically trying to find correlations with uh, prostate cancer to certain aspects of uh, the robotic radical prostatectomy. Mm-hmm. Which is or robot assisted radical prostatectomy is the same thing. Um, it's just a different name for it. But which is basically, you know, a very new procedure using, as you can guess, like a robot called. You know, generally it's usually the Da Vinci robot. It's I don't know if you guys ever seen it. You guys should look it up. It's freaking awesome, by the way. The Da Vinci. Yeah. So they do like laparoscopic surgery on the prostate using a robot, and it's really dope. But um. The go the lab is basically to uh, like the research is basically geared towards figuring out certain correlations between certain aspects of prostate cancer to surgery outcomes or certain things that happen like uh, during surgery surgery which would be called like perioperative you know factors I guess you know uh, to you know what does that why does this happen why do certain things happen the way to do why do certain outcomes happen the way to do a lot of things have to do with like continence and. Continence would be basically the ability, like, for someone to control, like, their urinary functions yeah. and everything. You know, like, how can we improve it? What can we do so people get better faster to make surgery more simple, to make recovery easier? 
all sorts of things. So there's many, 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 many projects. I know one of my uh, one of my peers is doing a project about uh, the effect of like diet and exercise and how that actually helps because prostate cancer itself is not a very lethal like like over 90% of patients survive for 15 years afterwards there's very few more uh, like uh people that actually pass away from it but um regardless it's something that almost every single man in their life will get at some point in their lives which is you know a lot of men you don't you know? know that <laughs> yeah it's like something like it was like one in eight men or something like that get it all the time and usually the ones who don't get it are people who pass away from something else so it's something that happens to almost every single man yeah the prostate cancer happens to every single man about you know but anyway so yeah so what i do day to day is so i spent a lot of time like we receive out like hundreds of labs like every week hundreds of labs from patients from all around the world like the doctor has a patient in India. There's one in like uh, the UK, like from all around the world. They get like labs all the time. And we spend like a good chunk of our time grabbing the labs, like uh, basically looking through them, writing down notes, uh, filing these notes, you know, uh, grabbing certain statistics and values like the PSA, which is a very good predictive, like like it's a good indicator for a person's, you know, like, uh, you know, recurrence or of, of prostate cancer or if they have prostate cancer or how widespread it is it's a good indicator so we've got that we file those values we basically then we make graphs out of them we try to connect correlations and day to day i spend a lot of time just on like excel like a lot a lot of time in excel so another little piece of advice i know it's a little off topic if it seems like you wouldn't not make google sense. sheets <laughs> no not google <laughs> sheets not google sheets if um a very good piece of advice is most labs um having very good knowledge in excel is is extremely important mm -hmm. it's a very it's a very big asset it's a very good skill and you could do a lot with it it seems kind of weird like okay what do i need excel for i'm a biology student but trust me it's yeah. it's huge it's so way bigger yeah, absolutely so yeah so currently actually the funny thing is uh, i just started a project with my research coordinator uh, erica like just literally like a week ago or something where essentially what i'm working on currently is we're going to revamp like the systems to be able to whenever we get a labs in it would automatically you know transfer certain data and everything over to the our sheets and automatically produce the graphs and automatically do the correlations you know autonomously basically by itself and yeah it's a little bit more of like the computer science aspect so we're looking mainly like we're like kind of like contacting a lot of comp sci guys and girls and you know trying to figure out um what we can do to make that happen yeah, definitely when we get that done, that's like one of the big hurdles right now, what we're trying to get done. It would also exponentially help us do other sorts of researches. Like I worked on this one study was like a how continence and sexual function are affected from, you know, uh, perioperative, you know, factors. So stuff that happens during surgery, how that mm -hmm. affects contininence and sexual function and tons of stuff like that. It's it's really, really, really cool. It's really yeah, rewarding. It's super interesting. Well. Yeah. So, yeah, before I like, get into like too many specifics and like bore you guys about like very, very fine details, I mean, the overall thing about research is, um, and I said this during my interview too, I remember very like explicitly remember saying this, like the thing about research that's so cool is like you spend your entire life, you know, like us, like how old are you guys? We're all like, what, 20, 21, right? Mm -hmm. We spend our entire lives, entire like like 16 years of your life you spent in school, right? About, right? Yeah, Starting from like much. four years old, five years old, let's say, whatever. So your entire, you spent like over 60, you, you spend a majority of your life basically just learning everything that has already been learned mm -hmm. by somebody else. That has already been learned 
and you're just trying to catch up. That's all you're doing, right? And we have another like four or five years of catching up, right? Considering medical school, you know, mm-hmm. and everything. So you spent most of your life learning what has already been learned, what is already known, and you're just trying to catch up. That's all you're doing. If you think about it, it's extremely inefficient. It's necessary. It's yeah. very necessary. Obviously, you have to, you know, but it's extremely inefficient. If you think about it, you spend a third of your life just learning whatever's been known. And research is the way to learn the unknown. The thing about research is exactly that. It's like your opportunity for the first time in your life is to contribute to the new and the next, the Mm -hmm. the unknown, the stuff that we don't know. And, you know, like contribute to like the ever growing gap, like, like expense of like, I guess, human knowledge in a sense, you know, pushing the line forward, pushing like it's, it's, it's dope, dude. That's, that's the beauty of research. And, you know, sometimes you sit down and you're doing something mundane but when you think about the big picture of it, it's it's all it all connects together. Like, yeah, maybe it seems mundane sitting down and learning what other people have already learned, you know, learning, oh, why do I need algebra or why do I need to learn history or mm-hmm. something, you know? But yeah. yeah, it might seem mundane at now, but it connects. It all connects to the big picture of it, of it all. And when you have the opportunity to work on real research where you're really contributing towards something real and you're pushing that boundary towards the unknown further no matter how small it is you know that you're pushing yeah. you're doing it you're working on let it. me ask you so how much time commitment are you giving the yeah. research position every week about yeah so the like how is it with your studies also? yeah I, I understand so so you see it has this thing where um we have this course called bio 199 where you get basically credit for doing research depending on how many hours you put in so it actually fits really nice with my schedule because it counts as a class technically okay so i'm only i only have 13 units right now it's a relatively chill quarter and five of those units are from research and every unit i believe it's three hours of commitment minimum so currently i work about 20 hours a week doing research so if i do five units it's basically 15 to 20 hours a week but yeah my schedule set up so i do 20 hours a week about so and you include weekends so about like three hours a week three hours a day almost yeah but weekends i don't work okay yeah so, so weekend you're yeah. doing four hours a yeah. day yeah yeah no, I, I work yeah so monday tuesdays wednesdays and fridays so usually uh, my mondays i work four hours the rest of the week i work five hours except on fridays i work six but it's not too bad um balance with school because the end of the day it does count for credit and it's it's cool it's like it kind of actually feels almost like a reward of like you know it's like okay like while I do this research stuff, like it's like a moment where I can like not do, not sit down and study for like yeah, 10 minutes. You're doing like something forever. you like, like yeah. you're actually interested in. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's cool. It's a cool thing to yeah, do. Yeah, it's like you kind of blow some steam too. It's like, you know, the same reason it's like working out could suck, right? Because it's, mm-hmm. it's hard. But at the same time, if you think of it more like, okay, like working out's my reward. You know, I just did, I just did like four hours of school work. Let me go work out, man. Let me just go blow some steam off. It's kind of, I guess it's a similar feeling to that. Like, Man, I just did all this schoolwork, and now I'm, I get to apply it. Mm-hmm. You know, I get to actually yeah. apply it and do something cool. So that's what it feels more like. It's not too bad balancing with school. It's really not. Rafi, may I ask for all of us that haven't done research, mm. how hard is it? Like, what are we trying to expect in terms of academic-wise? So if I'm going to be honest with you, you're going to learn a lot in research while when you start doing it. You're going to learn a lot. There is a learning curve. How hard was it for me or for most people? I don't think it's too hard. It just time. You spend time. Actually, it came easier to me than it would in a regular class because when you're there 
and you're reading real studies and you're seeing you know the, the, the real deal and you're it's like it just naturally kind of sticks with you I mean it's one thing sitting down and reading a book that's telling you all this another thing when you're doing it when you're sitting there and you're the doctors literally doing it and you're watching obviously we haven't had the opportunity to go and watch yet because of covid but similar situations and experiences happen when you're when we were learning like we we spent like like three four weeks or five weeks literally just reading a bunch of published papers that they published mm -hmm. and analyzing it everything piece by piece with our research coordinator and uh, uh, other two undergraduates that work with us and um yeah i mean you learn a lot you learn a lot but how difficult was it it's, i don't know i would say it's not difficult it's more about time it's just a time commitment okay yeah that's something we got to get into man yeah i mean uh, it's definitely worth it it's definitely worth it. It's about just emailing, putting yourself out there. Don't be afraid. Be respectful. Be nice. Yeah. You just got to start. Like how Nodar said, you miss 100% shots you don't take. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you just got, once you start, it's not hard, man. It's not. It literally took me one day to just do all these emails and, you know, you, you might be surprised with the results. Yeah, that's super helpful, man. He might be selling that template. Shout out. Though. $5 so, how to get research course um, for Raphael. Besides talking to uh, professors to get research opportunities, what other um, like uses, I guess, do professors have? Keeping good relations with them? I mean, yeah, you would definitely. It's really important to keep have a good relationship with all your yeah, past professors as I much think, as you can. Uh, we forgot to mention, and I think our medical school, like, requirements we forgot to mention that you need two letters of record correct three minimum no or is, is it two is it one non-science is it two science and one non-science or one like science the more the merrier it's a, it's, yeah. it's it's not like super like like strictly like this is the rule they usually recommend like five they say i think mm -hmm. recommend and it's usually like you want like minimum two of science related stuff and one that does not have to do with science yeah i it's just like especially now during corona it's kind of hard to like get close to your professor 100 percent. it is just because like i i know classes where like i haven't interacted with my professor yeah. just because there was no need to so like, for me um when i was doing ochem uh the second class for it um my professor basically gave us like an optional project mm -hmm. and he said and this was during covid so he said basically like if you guys do this project i'll write your name down and then whenever you guys need a letter of rec then I'll, you know you can hit back. me up yeah, yeah. So even though like you can't interact with professors and like actually have a relationship, sometimes they'll have like these little mini requirements for you. And if you do them, also you know, like you can just go to office hours and yeah, just like talk too. to them. That's that's the that's, way to go. That, that's, that's like the, that's true. like the only way to go right now, yeah. to be honest. Honestly, I can't. That's the advice I get all the time is <clears throat> it's like, yeah, right now, since it's especially really difficult. Just like how you would probably want to go to office hours in person, do it now too. I know it's hard. It's over internet. It's over Zoom. Yeah, you they don't, don't really. You, you don't want to waste that fifty minutes. I know. <laughs> exactly. It's like so I could even do if a class yeah. like you know, like you know, you don't need the office hours. Like you yeah. understand the material. It's it's going well. You got that. Unfortunately, yeah. in class. It's unfortunately, you would do if you want to have a relationship with yeah, your professors. Yeah, you, you have to. Yeah, like especially a, asynchronous classes. Like you don't talk to them at all. Exactly. Like you can go through the class without talking to them at all. Yeah, like we said before, it's like you get whatever you put in. Yeah. So obviously there's like a look, teachers also can smell a kiss ass off of you. Like you mm -hmm. do, you want to be genuine. Yeah, you just and if you can't genuine. yeah, if you can't find that genuinity, like hey, like you know, some find that curiosity in you. I guess I could say try to find that curiosity in you. Like, you know, ask questions about them, see what they're doing, what they did, how they got their position, what research they've done in the past, if they have, you know, what you know, what kind of work they did, why they chose this, you know, just like 
genuine curiosity. It's the yeah. best way to connect with someone. I miss having classes in person and like when the teacher's fun, you know. Yeah. They're just clowning around. Absolutely. With you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, like I'm sure people obviously they understand it's a lot harder now. But it's something you gotta make do with the situation, unfortunately. It's like you gotta adapt and best way to do it is, you know, how to get a teacher to recognize you just by spending time with them. Yeah, That's just it. talk to them, ask yeah. them questions, you know? Yeah, just to be engaged, be part of the class. So just like making a friend. Exactly. It's your teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, one of my old OCHEM professors, the Dr. Hajawi, like I think I mentioned it before in the podcast. Like uh, they love hearing back from you. When afterwards I transferred and I took my first, like my biochem class and everything, I just emailed them back saying, hey, like all the stuff you taught me was awesome. You know, it's, it worked out mm -hmm. great. I, like I don't feel like I'm, I feel like I'm ahead of other students just from like the, you know, my foundation in OCHEM was really strong. And they just love, they love hearing back from you. And I, we set up like yeah, a meeting. Everyone a loves good to hear yeah. that they were helpful, you know? Exactly. Like that, that's all they want as a teacher to know that they actually like helped you out. Yeah. So it's like email some old professors you've had. They'd like to hear back from you for reals. They would. Just maintain a relationship. It's really important yeah. if you can, you know? It's, not, it's hard, but do your best. Yeah. But. So uh, speaking of relationships with professors and people of that nature, what what you guys wanna you guys wanna clue our guests in on our plans for the future of our podcast? Yeah, uh, Prem, you've been a little a little shy today. You wanna tell the <laughs> you wanna tell the kid the the people what what's what we're doing, moving on. I got it. Okay, so um, in the future, we're looking towards the next few weeks. We're looking to get some some special guests on board, huh? Yeah, to give us some different perspectives, different advice. We have one person coming on very soon. He's one of our close friends. He's actually a nurse thinking about going back to med school. We're, we're trying to see why. We're trying to understand what he wants to do. And not just that, we're going we're gonna to include some professors, get their take, get their experience on everything. Hopefully, like, and even like just delve into different, like not only medical, just delve into like other aspects of medicine in general and get like even professors get on there, talk to them about like, why why'd you choose to become a professor why'd you choose to become a phd and just get their input get some advice and their experiences and see how it is sounds but, great to me yeah man uh looking forward to it actually i'm looking forward to interviewing the professors getting some getting some old professors that we liked on here absolutely and we'll do our best to bring like actual like other industry professionals as yeah, well hopefully like, some doctors will pull up absolutely and you know uh, one of these days, I'll ask even my research coordinator to see if you know, she has some good advice. She gave me some great mm -hmm. advice like a couple weeks back, too, and all the time. It's, it's also another really good benefit of research. You know, you really make good connections with good people who are also in the same industry as you, and you know, you'll get some valuable advice and valuable experience. Yeah. The, I think that's it for this episode, guys. Yeah, that about Stay strapped. <laughs> what? Stay strapped. <laughs> about, uh, strapped in. Yeah, stay strapped in for it. Because the, these next episodes, they're going to be good. They're going to they're gonna be some good stuff. <laughs> but uh, thank you, Rafi, for uh, telling us about yeah. the research and stuff. Why does it do that? Why you is it so low? Oh, you really? hold it. Oh. There you There's go. that there learning curve go. Rafi was referring to. <laughs> but other than that, that this is uh, that's the episode for today, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace, Peace. out, medsters. See you, medsters. <laughs>